0: Welcome to the Right Sound Podcast, with Arya Deslets and Colin C. We're back. Yes, we are. And we survived.
1: In- indeed we did. It's been a week. Yes.
0: Uh, I don't know if... if... You all know that we are located in the Pacific Northwest, so there was a lot of wildfires, and they're still going, but we finally got some rain, which cleared out a lot of the smoke, so the air is finally back to normal.
1: Thankfully. It was a hard week, to say the least.
0: Almost a week and a half, I think, right?
1: It felt like a month (laughs) (laughs) reality. (laughs) It
0: felt a lot longer. The worst part was when there was a day where it went from hazardous to very unhealthy and we had been in hazardous for so long that the very unhealthy air felt better which is just a little frightening of what you can get used to
1: yeah it was deceitful in a way because you would think okay it must be better outside and then you would go outside and nope there's the sore throat again
0: (laughs) so it was a very uncomfortable week which is actually the topic of this podcast, is comfort and discomfort and creativity.
1: Well, I'm sitting very comfortable currently because I have Banana, A.K. Studio Cat, beside me.
0: We were a little worried with her scampering that we weren't going to be able to have her in the same room during the podcast, but she's calmed down. She's a good one.
1: She just likes to be involved. I think comfort is an interesting thing, really, when you're dealing with creativity, because at some level, there is a necessity to feel comfortable to be able to do uncomfortable work. Would you say that as well?
0: It's interesting for exterior influences, um, because I think you need comfortable experiences to be able to, you know, write the floaty, happy things that you do, like, uh, love scene or sappy something or whatever but you also need the discomfort to be able to write about a scooter crash as an example for for me or experience inhaling smoke for 2 weeks so that you would know what it's like to live in kind of a post-apocalyptic world where maybe the air is toxic so it it can fuel creativity on that level but when you're in that moment no one gets into a scooter crash and goes oh i'm gonna write the next great american novel now
1: (laughs) yeah i think you you think about art really is the lens in which you're filtering through all of your experiences so if you're not you know allowing yourself to have experiences i'm not saying you have to be you know self-destructive because obviously some artists have been pretty (laughs) self-destructive but to Take everything that you're experiencing and and bring it in, regardless of comfort, is important.
0: And I think when you can draw on those experiences the most, like I was able to recreate the scooter crash in my novel Hipstopia, and that was a big moment of, you know, I was very comfortable when I was writing it. I had a, a group of writing community that was very, you know, kind of cheerleading me on and I was in the comfort of my own house in my own workspace. So it was a very comfortable environment to write a scene that is drawing on a discomfort, like an uncomfortable situation.
1: There's a catharsis to it as well. I think you can really use that revisiting of the discomfort to get over it. I think a lot A lot of art is in itself self-therapy. Would you say? For writing?
0: Yeah. I mean, the Girl, girl Never More exists as one of my least read novels for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it was about the most uncomfortable experience in my life. I'm it very, you know, loosely based. It was one moment that I dragged out into an entire novel. So, but it's... I think that those kind of experiences really do, uh, influence us on a, on a creative scale.
1: And the other side of it too, is that there's a universality to it, you know, maybe not everyone gets into a specific scooter accident, but somebody, you know, you, you don't get out of life unscathed, you know, like people have scars, you, you, you have accidents. Yep. So to find a way to align creativity in a, in a vein that other people can pick up on, I think is also important. But um, something that you definitely don't force. Yeah. You know, you kind of just have to roll. And then same thing with discomfort. You just kind of have to roll through it. and yep. Keep, the end keep result. going.
0: So, yeah. The uh, The interesting thing, though, is that since I have been in a scooter accident, I'm not talking like a Razor scooter, just so <laughs> everyone knows. It's, it's like a, it's a it's more like a, a motorcycle moped. accident. Yeah, a motorcycle accident. I mean, when I read another author, To Remain Nameless, who it was very clear that I don't think they've ever been in a motorcycle accident because the main character just kind of got up and kept going afterwards. And I was like, no, <laughs> that is not what happens when your whole body is on fire.
1: <laughs> so for experiences like that, do you feel like you can bottle up a little bit of that experience and kind of just keep it in your pocket for those moments when you need to write about something in a similarness?
0: Yeah, I think so. Because I mean... It all comes out sooner or later. I mean, all of my interactions with people, uh, the characters that I create oftentimes are influenced by people that I meet in real life or sometimes just meet online Um, because there's some people out there that I can't believe that they exist because they're not in my bubble, you know? (laughs) But when I meet someone who's interesting, I try to learn as much as I can about them so that I, I can write from a different perspective and not just my own. Because I think that's important to, you know, because my main character is always going to be roughly from my perspective, roughly. But my sub characters really need to bring in like a lot more diversity than what I I myself have to bring to the table. So that's where I end up kind of like interviewing people I know to just try to figure out the way they think so that when I create a character, I can create A Sub-character or another character in the story. That's very much so not based on me or the way that I see the world
1: I think personally when I look at writing for example, I think it's Two major things right and it's the kind of cliche write what you know and Then also being able to research and be able to be open to adjusting that Perspective that you have would you am I wrong in that assumption? No
0: (laughs) No, I think that's absolutely true. For for you in songwriting, what do you need to be comfortable enough to create?
1: For me, the the idea of my, you know, you, you write very externally of this, you know, taking these experiences of comfort and discomfort and projecting them into a piece of writing. I don't necessarily think that I do that with music. I think that a lot of the, music that i'm writing is really just a visceral reaction to a moment Uh, i'll give you a perfect example of when we were in the thick of it literally with the smoke i mean there was smoke in our entire neighborhood like you step outside and you were being hit with smoke and it was just orange, and it was gross, and it just gave you this whole sense of foreboding and dread, and I just couldn't drop that feeling. And so that's very discomforting, right, to feel this kind of dread. So, like, what do you do with that sort of energy? So for me, I went in and I just started, I just started writing because I didn't want to think about what was going on. It obviously was affecting what I was doing musically, but I don't necessarily think I have a conscious, like, moment of thinking, like, I feel uncomfortable, so here's how I'm going to get that comfort, discomfort out of me or I'm going to turn that discomfort into comfort. I don't know if that's really where my train of thought goes. But I did end up working that entire day on some weird, very you know, creepy, eerie piece of music that I just don't even know what I'll do with yet. <laughs> to return to the idea of art therapy, that was a, that was a very therapeutic moment for me and almost in the sense of being distracting as well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think you definitely get stuff out in the moment whereas like I bottle it and <laughs> like put it on a shelf like a fine wine and then take it down and open it up later. It's, I think that's
1: <laughs> really the, the difference between being a writer and a musician, don't you think? Is that writing well, is more ensemble in a sense that there are moments that you could have that could be used later on.
0: I think some people can draw on discomfort in the moment to be like, "Oh, I'm gonna write like a short horror novel, or I'm gonna, or a short horror story, or I'm gonna do." I'm just not a, I'm not a short story writer, and I think that's more my, my problem is that whatever I'm working on might not fit the discomfort that I experience in my life in the moment. So it's kind of like mm. cork it up, put it on the shelf, right? Okay. Wait, wait to bring it back down. Transitioning into that. So you kind of fought through the discomfort and the uncomfortable moment by creating your own little bit of art therapy, but what, what else do you need to in your life to make you feel comfortable enough to create? You need things to be clean, I can tell you that.
1: I do need <laughs> things to be clean. I definitely need to feel uh, I hate that this kind of sounds cliche, but there's this there's a safety involved. You know, that you have to feel like, okay, it's because it's, a lot of what good music to me is, is risky. And if you are not in a place to be risky and be uncomfortable in the risk, then it's just not going to happen. And for me, that it, that definitely has to feel environmental. I don't ever think I could, you know, sit in the middle of chaos and be able to come up with a song or lyrics or any of that. Within that in that environment, just just because of the the tumultuousness of of chaos. So, if there is a way to kind of control it so that I feel safe, I think that's the biggest important part to being uh, in a place that you can make uncomfortable stuff work.
0: I think for for me, it it really does depend on my mood a lot, which I'm oh, trying to sure. I'm trying to break through because I I really want to be creating more often and i know i'm not and i know it's it's on me to create that comfort inside myself but especially with this last week of the external kind of influence is i felt very sad you know and 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 entrapped and, and you know a little angry i find that i can i can write through anger really well like if i'm very upset and angry about something but if i'm upset and sad or just generally unhappy or have malaise or any of that uh, i find that a lot harder to break through to get to being creative
1: yeah i i feel the same way you can't really if you're in the if you're down in the dumps it's really hard to say like oh, okay cool let's Let's feel, you know, creative because there's a selfishness involved, I think, in creativity where you have to be able to allow yourself to, you know, explore ideas and explore, in this case, the discomfort versus the comfort. And if you're not really happy with yourself in the moment and you have that <laughs> malaise and you just want to be a lump, it's not really going to uh, give you the the gusto, if you will, to, well, cause to work.
0: Well, because you're literally inside your own head when you're creating. And if you don't like what's going on in your own head, how are you going to possibly break through that and, and do something creative? And not only do something creative, but motivate yourself to do something creative. Because I think that's what I struggle with quite a bit, is the getting the motivation to get there.
1: Motivation is a hard one. I think motivation really is built upon habitual behavior.
0: Well, for you. I know. I'm like the least <laughs> habitual person on the planet. It's like I'll do I'll do things for like seven days straight, and everyone's like, "Oh, just do it for twenty nine days, and you start a habit." No, I've done that. I've done Nano Remo. I wrote a hundred and or thousand six hundred and whatever words a day for thirty days straight, and then I was like, "All right, I'm done." I think I'm goal oriented.
1: You're very goal oriented,
0: and you're habit oriented. Like I need an achievement board yep. on my life. Yep. Like someone invent that. <laughs> I was I was jokingly thinking about uh trying to figure out how to invent one for writers and authors and aspiring authors uh, to be like, self-publish your own work. You get 100 points. Your character, your your lonely writer character gets 100 points. And over time, you level up depending on how many rejections from agents and everything else you get. <laughs> I think being comfortable does contribute to to being creative and being motivated to be creative because... It's very easy to lose that oh totally especially this year
1: <laughs> oh yeah when you can take the time out to you know carve out that nest to sit in to me that's that's why i love my studio and i feel so in a sense safe there because i can go in and i can shut out the world and then i can get out all the things that i need to get out and i have that that safety
0: so How do you make yourself feel comfortable when everything around you is in chaos? And can you? Because I struggle with that a lot. So I'm throwing that question at you.
1: Well, living in LA and, you know, having an apartment right off of a major throwaway, you know, like I was right on Venice Boulevard in La Brea. So uh, there was lots of things that were very uncomfortable between gang shootings to police sirens. And I think for me... What I developed was the availability, in a sense, to basically tune it out. At some point, I usually, you know, defer to the to the statement that I write music as a communication. I I don't feel comfortable communicating certain feelings or emotions uh, in any other way than music, uh, and I think that's been part of my personal development as a human being. So. To make the uncomfortable comfortable is kind of second nature to me, I think. I feel like when you ask me that question to me, it's like, it just seems that's just how it is. That's just the naturalness of artistic life is to take uncomfortable things and make them comfortable. And maybe that kind of plays into that kind of cliche statement that, you know, art should disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed.
0: I probably take comfort in small comforts. Hmm. So because if the entire world around me is falling apart in chaos, or I can't breathe the air because it's toxic, I can still wrap myself up in a warm blanket and drink some tea. Or, you know, I can do something to make myself feel a little bit safer, I think is probably because going back to your safety, you know, you make like the safe space. Right.
1: Well, the safety and the comfort, I think, are are hand in hand for... For this for sure
0: yeah and i think for me safety necessarily isn't necessarily my space because my desk is in chaos it's not really a, a safe quote-unquote space but but i think the safe space to me is creating small moments of like breaths of fresh air so i think for me it's it's less about the space and more about the little moments that create a sense or a feeling of safety and this year has just been really hard because I think for me I just I don't feel particularly safe and it's not that I don't well there's a lot of uncertainty yeah it's a very uncertain time it sounds very dramatic to say that too because I mean like we have our house like we're you know we're okay sure it's
1: all perspective and it's you know
0: the battling of the internal thoughts that tell me I'm not safe when I am. So and I think that has very very much so been amped up for me this year.
1: And would you say too, you know, looking at the differences between writing and making music, you have the the benefit of requiring what a pen and a notebook and you could go and sit in the bed or you could, you know, cuddle up on the couch with a laptop like your comfort could be is a little more malleable. Versus for me, I've, I have to go and sit in front of a computer and I have to be in front of gear. I need a keyboard in front of me or I need a guitar. I, if I'm not writing lyrics, obviously, I'm writing music. So to have the space is very important in the comfortness in that respect.
0: Yeah, space definitely matters less to me because there's been times where I've like gone on a jog and then sat somewhere as I got inspired and then just wrote something out on my phone. So space definitely matters less. So I think I think that is why it's probably more about the little comforts, about having that cup of tea or like that something to make me feel cozy enough to be able to enjoy my own brain and my own creativity. And I think right now also what I'm struggling with is I'm writing something that is very uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean it's a
1: So how do you deal with that if you're if you're writing something very uncomfortable? Is there Uh, a crutch or something you can lean on
0: well i think right now the fact that i can finally see blue sky again is gonna be my my crutch right now um i think it's very hard when you are feeling uncomfortable or are feeling trapped in a sense as i were when when i couldn't really go outside and enjoy the outside air because it was not good (laughs) um I think in in those moments, it's really hard to get myself into a a space where I want to write something uncomfortable because it's basically um, what I'm working on on Wattpad is a very unreliable narrator and another borderline sociopathic narrator. Um, So it's it's not really like a, a warm and fuzzy, but it's a novel that I'm excited about. It's just not, like, it's not a blanket. Yeah. It's not, oh, let me escape to my world where everything, where my two characters are finally going to be able to kiss after, like, 200 pages. <laughs> it's not one of those novels. So, and I love those beachy reads, so don't don't look into that and think that I hate romance because I, I do like romance and I've written romance, but... Um.
1: Well, it's a, it's a level of self-care in a sense. Yeah. If, you, if you have to write something that's taking you someplace dark, you definitely don't want to be feeling dark in <laughs> <already>. other <laughs> aspects of your life. There's a definite balance there because you can slip very easily into,
0: you yeah. know. You want to draw on dark experiences, but you don't want to make those dark experiences take you into a darker place during a dark time. Right. <laughs> it's not a good idea. It's a tear. It's a You want to be in like the first layer of Dante's Inferno instead of the ninth. (laughs) So we talked a little bit about what I'm working on and why I took a pause on it due to exterior discomfort, but we should take a moment before the end of the podcast to talk about Colin's concept album.
1: (laughs) It's not a concept album. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, uh, I've leaned into a little more of just, I guess, the world building aspect of of creating what I'm creating, which is the follow-up to a a Wetware EP that I made that has very big cyberpunk influences to it. And I figured, well, how could I expand upon that? And that did include some more world-building elements and heavily influenced just by listening to the new Run the Jewels 4, because the way that LP had created these little nuances within the record that kind of give you this idea of a TV show that he created um, really kind of put me in that weird direction to go is a little more conceptualized but um it's definitely not a concept album (laughs) (laughs) i'm never going to live the concept album thing
0: down yes which is a good segue uh i think for next week because we're going to be talking a little bit about external influences um and where where we get inspiration from um and a little bit on who inspires us too
1: yeah and how to steal like an artist.
0: Yeah. Well, you just stole that from another artist.
1: I did. See? It's, it's meta, man. It just keeps going and going.
0: <laughs> so this episode of our podcast has been brought to you by Gertie Snoring. I really like when he snores, actually. It's very comfortable to me. Rubbing Gertie's belly is also something that brings me a lot of joy and comfort.
1: He's a good cat for that.
0: He's a very good cat for that. Yeah.
1: Studio cat, not so much. She's just been sleeping here this whole time.
0: Yeah, and if you try to touch studio cat's belly, it's game over. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Right Sound Podcast. This podcast was produced by The Cell Studio with theme music by Colin C.